is Josh is is this not the same is this not the same state that celebrates the Confederacy every opportunity that it has is this not the same state that that condones you know Confederate monuments and Confederate flags and uh, what, what is that day Robert E Lee Day I mean it's all part and parcel of the same spirit and mindset man it's the very same spirit and mindset as far as I'm concerned. Hey, welcome in, kiddos. It's uh, another fantastic week, your favorite political podcast, Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon and... David Person. All right, look at there. We've done this three times now, and I finally introduced us. Uh, all right. All right. <laughs> Uh, and that is Alabama Politics This Week, brought to you by Wind Creek Entertainment. Uh, and we need to tell you about the fine people at Wind Creek Entertainment before we get into the body of the show here. The, the, they are fantastic. Uh, first of all, they're great neighbors uh, around this state for a lot of people. They support a lot of causes and do a lot of good work. And in addition to that, they run three of the finest hotel casinos uh, in this state. Uh, and they do a, a fantastic professional job of running those. And if you're looking for some place to go, you know, maybe you're out for, you know, got a, got a little bit of vacation coming up over the holidays. Uh, you know, want to spend a couple of nights. You're headed down south somewhere. Want to do, you know, or, you know, headed to Montgomery for that matter to, to visit family or what, what have you. Uh, stop and, and stay at, uh, at the hotel. At, uh, I've got one in Wetumpka, one in Montgomery, one in Atmore. Um, stay at any of them. You'll have a great time. You'll have a fantastic time there. They have all the electronic bingo machines you can play. In addition to that, they have the sports bars. They have the uh the the fine restaurants and and they have really great spas and amenities uh all around there they have bowling alleys theaters the whole the whole works just uh, go online look them up wind creek entertainment book your stay down there uh and you will not regret it it'll be a fine time a fine way to spend a little bit of time over the holidays um all right let's uh let's get into this uh here um so we're going to start today with a lawsuit because there is a lawsuit against Alabama's prison system and against the state of Alabama. Yeah, I know. Is it? It's surprising, right? Because uh, it seemed to be running so smoothly. Um, yeah. Um, this lawsuit alleges that basically Alabama's prisons are running yeah, slavery at this point. Um, which, if that is a surprise to you, you have not been paying attention to what's been going on in Alabama's prisons. Okay, because this has been an issue for quite some time. And essentially, the allegations here revolve around the fact that there are people within Alabama prisons, inmates, who have been denied parole when they most definitely deserved parole. Okay, they most definitely met every standard, every bar, met every metric to be able uh, to achieve parole and would have been paroled multiple times in the past. But now they're not. And one of the reasons that they're not, uh, according to the lawsuit, is that the state of Alabama is making millions of dollars off of them, of their not quite free labor, but almost free uh, labor. And, and I would argue with you that when you take it all into account, the amount of money being made here is probably less than what a, a slave, well, you know, the, the benefits that a slave might have received. Um, in some you know, cases, we, yeah. In yeah. some cases, yes. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
But regardless, whenever you're making such a comparison and saying it could be, you know, one mm-hmm. this guy that you know, whenever whenever that's the case, you're doing something wrong. That's right. Okay. Uh, I mean, this is. We know this is happening. It's been mm-hmm. happening. Look at it. Look at the facts of what's taking place. We know this is happening. I, I just are people okay with this? Well, apparently they are because it's happening, like you said. <laughs> so, so somebody's okay with it. People that have power and authority are apparently okay with it. The companies that are involved and that are that are benefiting from you know, uh, this, uh, this free labor, uh, sounds a lot like slavery, this free labor or this, uh, almost free labor, uh, apparently they don't have a problem with it, you know, and that, and by the way, I'm going to just throw, I'm going to, I'm going to toss out a little, uh, economic argument here. Uh, you know, we love in this country, we love to talk about, you know, how great capitalism is and how the market will decide. And, 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 uh, you know, we talk about, you know, you know, people and companies that pull themselves up by their bootstraps. How are you bootstrapping it if you're depending on free prison labor mm-hmm. or, or, or very low cost prison labor, labor that is almost tantamount to the very thing that we criticize in other countries, we talk about sweatshops in other yeah. countries. This is How a sweatshop. How in the world is this any different? No, it's a, this is a sweatshop. Different? Yeah, and I, I neglected, I neglected to, to state here that in addition to uh, Alabama Governor Kay Ivey, Attorney General Steve Marshall, uh, and the state being sued, a beer distributor uh, and various fast food restaurants, including KFC, Wendy's, Burger King, and McDonald's are part of this lawsuit. Um, and, and some, and you just named companies that we know are deemed to be hugely successful. Yes, you know, yeah. making you know models of capitalism and mm-hmm. and profit making and all of this other stuff, and yet at the root of it, for some of them, clearly is what I would argue is a very non capitalistic uh, uh, tactic or strategy. Slavery. Uh, slavery certainly, or or the use of free labor, um, you know, uh, coerced free labor. That's not that's no indication of how successful a company is if that's what you got to depend on. You no. know, at least that's not what we're. That's not the uh, that's not the model that's presented to us in school. It's not the model that's touted by politicians. If that's the secret to your success, then something is wrong with your success. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, uh, you know, it it says it generates over four hundred and fifty million dollars a year for the state of Alabama, and um, and that's a problem too. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, that's a it's, huge uh, problem. It, you know, I, 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 I just don't understand. This is one of those things that I, I just don't understand how someone could can can justify that. You know, it can justify doing it. How? Because I mean, for this to carry on like it is, it's a, there's a large group of people involved yes. in this. Okay, yeah. so how is it that we have this group of of people? How do we find these people who are okay with this? You know, to to be in charge of this system 
and well, to be okay with, is with doing Josh, it this way. Is, is this not the same is this not the same state that celebrates the Confederacy yeah. every opportunity that it has? Is this not the same state that that condones, you know, Confederate monuments and Confederate flags and uh, what, what is that day? Robert E. Lee Day? Right, Robert E. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. all part and parcel of the same spirit and mindset, man. It's yeah. the very same spirit and mindset as far as I'm concerned. And, and you're, you're right. Uh, I, and it's, it's just, you know, I'm... Sometimes it's just so, it's so disheartening. You know, it really is. It's so disheartening to know that that we could, in this day and age, because look, yeah, I know people. People might say, "Look, this is a lawsuit. Nothing's been proven." Stop. Okay, stop. We we have documented this for now, going on. I don't know how how many years I've been writing about stuff, but we've been documenting these actions and these things taking place. For years, and, and people having these um, these inmates denied parole that deserve parole, and, and uh, there go go read Beth Shelburne's timeline on Twitter for God's sakes, or you know, listen to some of her interviews in which she goes to the parole hearings and and talks to these people about what's going on and documents their their files and and you know and, and their achievements and their things that you know how they should have been done talk to chris england for that matter who has all these records from adoc about these people who who have met the metrics you know there, there's a standard there there's a standard that we have uh, for doing this there's a sheet that we work off of there's a worksheet that there's done for for these prisoners um and when so when people say to you they should be paroled it's not a guesswork it's not subjective there's a there's a worksheet that where you score, and if you score above a certain level, you're supposed to be paroled because you've met these. You know, where you've taken classes, you've advanced your education, you've stayed out of trouble, you've uh, done this. Hell, hell, there there are a couple of instances on on there where, uh, a matter of fact, I believe there was a gentleman who got who was killed in our our prison not too long back, who was denied parole uh, a year or so earlier, and on his sheet, the guards who worked with him every day, said "There's he's got no business being in here. He's one of our best inmates. He helps us keep things in line in the prison. He should definitely be out of here. And they still denied him. You know? And so those sorts of things are all the time. And when, listen, and as Chris England said on this show previously, if you have a person who every day you wake up and nobody monitors that person. He walks out of prison, gets into a car, and goes to a job with nobody monitoring him. And then comes back to the place where he's, he's housed at the end of the day. We're wasting money on this person. Yep. Yep. And it's we're doing so but because some, some business out here is paying us for the cheap labor. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. We're... We're wasting money except for the fact that the state of Alabama is making money off of the backs of these people. And, and, it's, and it, again, it's, it's really no different than the convict leasing of uh, the early 20th century or no. the, uh, or really, really, in my opinion, the enslavement of people uh, in, the, uh, in the 19th century. Yes, yeah, You know, in the 18th century. I mean, this is, this is really what's going on. And yeah. I think we ought to call it what it is. Yeah. And because start... there, there are a lot of people who would say, well, what, you know, but, but you know, they're not getting beaten or the hell yeah. they're not. They're, no, they're getting beaten they're still, every day. Yeah. But well, but even if they weren't being beaten, even if they weren't 
you know, even if they were, even if they were put up in, in relatively, you know, you know, apartments or homes that are comparable to what many of us live in, it still wouldn't matter. They're being forced to work. Mm-hmm. They're being forced to work against their will. They're being, and they're being incarcerated, you know, uh, in order to facilitate that when the, when their paroles are being denied unjustly. So I would argue that it's still slavery by another name. It doesn't matter if you're in the house or if you're in the field. It's still slavery. Yeah. It's still yeah. slavery. Yeah, it, it is. It doesn't matter and- if masses, masses giving you some kind of benefits. It's still slavery. No, and you know, man, it's, it, honestly, it's, it's worse uh, in, on some levels. It really is. It's, it's so hard to say. And to, it, seems, it seems like such an inflammatory, hyperbolic statement to say, in some ways, it's worse. But, damn it, it is worse in some ways. I mean, you look at the conditions of these prisons and, what they, and, and how they live and what they do, uh, you know, and how, how they're treated by the guards and the staff. In some cases, some other, you know, some other, I don't want to paint all guards with the same brush or whatever. Mm-hmm. But in, in a lot of cases, you know, we, we have this we have this problem there where they're being beaten and they're being mistreated and, and they're not fed properly. They're not given proper, proper medical care. They're not treated for illnesses and and things. You know, it just, in a lot of ways, it's, it's, it's worse. It's worse than than slavery. I, I, I would argue that it's worse if for no other reason, if for no other reason it's worse than because, we know better. Yeah. We know better. We were supposed to have, as a, as a nation, we were supposed to have evolved beyond this point. You know, uh, we, we, we are supposed to be, this, this is supposed to have been a settled issue, not just legally, but from the standpoint of, of social behaviors and constructs. And yet here we are, basically doing the same thing by another name, you know, with other, with granted with other variables, but it boils down to being the same thing that was done primarily to the people of African descent for, you know, several hundred years. We're just doing it again now to people who are in prison. And, and, and anybody that doesn't see the connection between forcing people to work okay they, they were they were incarcerated they shouldn't be forced to work for outside corporations for free or for pennies on the dollar um you know against their their will they're being forced to do this that's the same thing as slavery i'm sorry yeah, yeah they're denying their parole to to make sure that they are available to be a part of this workforce again i'm sorry that's slavery. That's convict leasing. There's no other way to look at that. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what the argument from the state of Alabama will be. And in part, it will include the fact that a lot of these things are voluntary, uh, that they're going to work because it's voluntary. Uh, you know, they they volunteered to do these jobs. Well, I mean, when you're, <laughs> it's not voluntary, really. I mean, when your option is remaining in this awful place, yeah. Or going outside and working for even pennies on the dollar, I mean, you know what I mean? Is there's you force them into a a, a no win choice at that point, right? Um, and I you know, I wish that that Myron Thompson was still on the bench uh, and would hear this case because my God, the the 
the things he would do to the people uh, and turn them inside out on this. Uh, but it, it I, I mean, it's, it's just, it, you can't treat people like this and, yeah. and, and, and it'd be okay. You can't do that. And then, and then act all indignant about it. Okay. Which I know that's the way Steve Marshall's going to act is all indignant about how he's behaved in this matter. When we know for a fact that all of these problems that we have in our prisons that have been documented by the federal government, uh, first of all, arrived on his desk. Uh, every single one of them, everything that we've learned about this, all the complaints, everything's been filed, all of them went to his desk first. And the governor's office knew about it as well over the course of the last, you know, however many governors. They all knew about these problems. None of this is a surprise. None, none of it's surprising to anybody who's in these offices, okay? It, it's not. Everybody knew about these things, and they looked the other way and said, whatever. Uh, and then they changed the system here to make sure that this sort of stuff continues instead of changing the system to make it better uh, for the inmates who are in there, which they absolutely could have done. Yeah, and, and, and there's a certain disregard for the humanity of the incarcerated. And I think that's part of what, what feeds into this, this idea that we can just kind of do whatever we want to them because they've been convicted of a crime. And and I don't care if they're they're guilty or innocent; they're still human beings. Mm-hmm. And and the state has an obligation always to be better than, uh, you know the the most uh, you know the most troubled, uh, criminalized person in its care. Yeah. So there is no excuse for just treating people however you want. Uh, the state has an obligation to do better and be better. Mm-hmm. And uh, and 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 we're not we're not meeting that mark with this. And as you pointed out, Josh, they don't have much of a choice uh, when the option is okay. Yeah, you don't okay. You don't have to work. Stay in here. Mm-hmm. And and what does in here mean? Well, in far too many cases, in here, as we already know, because of multiple reports and and the federal government's intervention, we already know that being in here often means facing violence, you know, in various forms from beatings and stabbings to rapes, uh, you know, food that is, uh, in some cases, uh, it's been said, is not even suitable for human consumption. Uh, We know that there have been cases where people have been in Alabama prisons and they have died due to uh, extreme temperatures, either heat or cold. I mean, the way people are treated in Alabama prisons in, in, in far too many instances, it's not, a, it's not much of a choice at all. No. It's not no. much of a choice at all. It's so really not. there's a yeah. manipulation, there's a coercion going on here, and it's evil. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I've said a bunch of times, it takes as much money to run a bad prison as it does to run a good prison. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, it probably takes less money to run a good prison. Um, and, you know, what we have done, in in turning a blind eye and being so callous and indifferent um and and allowing our our prisons to uh you know it, it doesn't matter you know whenever you say something like you know our, allowing our prisons to deteriorate you know it makes it sound like well it's just age on the prison i'm not you know i'm not talking about necessarily the building themselves because i think there's a lot of old buildings that that can be uh that, that are fine uh but it, it's just they've deteriorated to the point and we've packed so many people in them to the point that what you have there is essentially a hell on earth sort of thing 
and we've we've been indifferent about it. And what we have done is to make these places um, uh, instead of corrections. We're, it's the opposite of that. People go in and they're more likely to come out worse than they were. We're, we're actually creating. We've turned it into basically a, a criminal factory in some ways. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. where where you, you send someone in for a low-level drug offense or, you know, for theft or for something, you know, a nonviolent crime, um, at, you know, or, or a series of nonviolent crimes, uh, mm-hmm. most of them due to some level of addiction or whatever. And we're not, we're not properly running the addiction services. We're not properly running the rehab services. We're not properly running uh, the education services in there. We're not properly running, we're not properly monitoring anybody. We're not properly providing health care uh, or mental health care. Um, and it, it's when you're not doing any of those things to the level in which you would humanely expect them to be performed. I, the 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 what you're doing is creating this system within there in which the inmates essentially run things and that's what's mm-hmm. happened within our within our prisons is yeah there are guards and there are wardens and things and there are rules and stuff that take place but for the most part the when when a prisoner goes when per, a person goes in and becomes a prisoner in these in our prison system they don't get taken over by the guards and the system. They get taken over by the groups of inmates. And and it it just feeds into a furthering of a almost a criminal mindset in some ways. Um and I know there are exceptions and I know there are good people in the prisons. Okay. I know there are prisoners who've made mistakes and then they've also managed to to remain above the fray in there. But it's a fight for survival every single day for a lot of those folks. And and you do what you can you know, to, to kind of survive. And, uh, and we're not helping them. That's the problem is when they go, when they walk through those doors, there's two paths and we're not pushing them towards the better path and more productive citizens. We're allowing them to go this other way or in some ways forcing them to go that way because they're trying to survive. And it just, it, you know, and then on top of that, we're making money off of them. And, and it's just an abhorrent, you know, I mean, it's, it's so, it's nasty. I mean, it really is. A, it's just, I don't know how people can associate with it and sleep at night. I, I really don't. I don't either, man. I don't either. Uh, but I also will say, I think, um, uh, you know, those of us who are in the free world who learn about this and are not speaking out and not trying to pressure the system, I'm not quite sure how we sleep at night either if we're yeah. not actively trying to do something. And and I have to say, I, I unlike you and Beth, I'm a little late to this party. I didn't know uh, that this uh, was happening on this level. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I missed, uh, unfortunately, I missed a lot of the reporting that you guys have done through the years, and I regret that. But now that I'm aware of it, um, I mean, it's going to become uh, top of mind for me when I think about the state of Alabama, and um, and I think we have to we have to push back on this. Uh, this this cannot we cannot allow this to be uh, the status quo. We cannot allow the status quo to, to to remain. Yeah, we cannot allow this to continue. It's got to change. 
uh, or we've got to raise a lot of hell to make sure that people are aware of this so that uh, so that some pressure can be put on the politicians. Sure. Yeah. No. And and listen, you know, speaking of that, speaking of, of, of putting pressure on people and, and, and pushing for change uh, before we before we get out and get to uh, Representative Kenyatta Hassel, who's going to join us for a few minutes. Um, I wanted to talk about the Perkins family um, and, and what's taking place in the city of Decatur uh, since we last talked about this. Um, since then, uh, the mayor has uh, has come out and fired three police officers, suspended a fourth uh, for. Uh, failing to follow protocol uh, in whatever the hell it was that they were trying to accomplish with a tow truck driver at Steve Perkins' house uh, in was that late last day of September, wasn't it? Um, and yeah, I think it was the um, 29th, yeah, or something. yeah, when when, uh, when Steve Perkins was fatally mm-hmm. shot by a police officer in his front yard, uh, went as he came out of his house to confront a tow truck driver who was apparently wrongfully. Uh, repossessing his vehicle because um, I know the Perkins family has now announced that they're going to file several lawsuits, including uh, one against the tow truck driver and against the uh, the finance company who initiated the process, uh, apparently and, and wrongfully. Um, I know we had Carl Cole, who's an attorney indicator, who had looked at this issue and had helped the family retrieve the vehicle from the tow truck company's yard. Um, and he said that it was, uh, he didn't really get into the, the intricate details of it, but said it was a kind of a complicated issue that, that he didn't believe that Steve Perkins could have ever even known that he owed money uh, or was, uh, you know, what, what, what was go- whatever was going on. He didn't think that he could have understood it because it took him weeks of digging through the paperwork and, and getting answers that nobody else probably could have gotten uh, uh, to, to kind of uh, end up figuring out what it was and how to get the truck back. And no money was paid for the truck to be returned. So you got to think, you know, there, maybe there wasn't any owed. And so, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, um, man, it's, it's another sad situation. I'm happy that um, they forced this because they did force this. All right. The, the protests, uh, the continued pressure, the outrage at city council meetings, uh, at city council work sessions, uh, every time the mayor step shows up anywhere, uh, the pressure outside of his house, outside of city councilmen's houses, um, all of it worked. All right, you, they can they can whine and moan and say all this stuff about how oh well it was wrong for you to do this or for you to do that. How the hell with that? You know what was wrong was wrong for that man to be shot in his front yard and yep. for them to initially try to cover this up, which is what they did. The, the yep. police initially tried to cover this up by lying about what happened there. And if nobody mm-hmm. had protested and if these security camera videos hadn't come out, uh, then they would have continued lying about it. I am yep. thoroughly convinced of this, uh, that they would have oh, continued no lying doubt. about this. No uh, I mean, how, how else, why else would they have put the statement out that night? Okay. Yeah. Saying these, these absolutely erroneous things about what took place, about him being ordered to put the gun down before then turning it towards police before he was shot. Yeah. It was bullshit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. a grade A bullshit. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I'm happy for, I'm sad for the Perkins family. I hope they get every dime that they can possibly get out of everybody involved. And the fact that the city has already admitted essentially that the officers were in the wrong, mm. you know they're going to pay out some cash uh, on, on that. Um, and well, so... And what also needs to happen, and, and Lee Merritt, the attorney, has uh, has said as much. There needs to be uh, there needs to be policy change. Yes, you know there needs to be uh, a change in the culture of policing. Uh, 
Yep. So that this does not ever happen again. Yep. What happened to Mr. Perkins was was particularly problematic because, um, you know, not just because he was killed, but it was the way that he was killed. You know, as Carl Cole said to us when he came on the podcast, uh, the the posture that they that those police officers took and the alignment of those police officers was such that there really was no other outcome. Mm. That was possible other than the murder of Steve or the killing of Steve Perkins. Yep. That's the only outcome that was likely. The way they approached that thing. And and to me, the ultimate proof is in in what he's saying is in that, that, you know, at least on the video that I saw, I mean, you know, you heard the word police and then like a second after that, there were shots fired. Oh, it was, it was police get on the, uh, police get on the ground. I didn't hear that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, it it was all one word, basically. It was no, there was no gap. Yeah, I, all I heard was You know, and the video that I saw, all I heard was police, and then the next thing was shots fired. Yeah, it just there was no, there was absolutely not not. There's no argument in this. Okay, there's no argument here about this at all. There was zero opportunity for Steve Perkins to comply with anything. Zero. There, there, you right. can't argue that there could have been. You can't argue. First of all, no, no matter if he had walked out of his house and there had been a police cruiser sitting there, okay, he still would not have had enough time to comprehend the situation of what was taking place before he was shot, much less having all of the cars hidden, the cops hiding behind his house, and then springing out on him, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, there. It could have been anybody. That cop is so lucky they didn't get shot by him that night. All right, and he, you know what? Here's here's how this, I, I told this the other day to someone, and they were at first they were all oh, they were aghast that I would even have suggested such a thing. And I, but what I said was this: Had Steve Perkins shot that cop that night, he would have been justified in doing so. Mm. You know, I because, understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I get what but you're I'm saying. not saying the cop should have been shot. Don't get me wrong. Okay, don't yeah. get me wrong at yeah. all. But that yeah. man sprang out from behind his house mm-hmm. yelling and pointing a weapon at him. Mm-hmm. Right? And so mm-hmm. if he had spun around and been a little faster and shot first, then, you know? Well, let, well let's look at it this way. And, and there are probably going to be people who will be appalled at what I'm about to say. In light of what we know, and in light of what happened, what would have been more just? Would it have been more just that Steve Perkins was killed the way he was killed? Or would it have been more just that one of those officers yeah. who, who fired a shot at him had been killed? Yeah. What would have no, been more just? I know exactly just? what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. They, they went to his house. They broke protocol. They hid behind his house. They, they sprang out on him. He did nothing but come out in his front yard to confront a person who was apparently wrongfully repossessing his truck. At, at that point... I, uh, from what I've seen and from the videos previously that I've seen, he had, he never threatened anybody. Steve Perkins never threatened it. I've never, I've never seen a threat or had one detailed. Right. Have you, have you heard of a, a detailed no. threat that Perkins had? No, that the man maid, came I mean, out of his house. Mr. Perkins came out of his house, a lawful citizen. Mm-hmm. He came out of his house, a lawful citizen, and he was shot and killed. As a lawful citizen, he had a right to bear yeah. arms. He had a right to carry the gun. There was nothing that he did that was illegal. 
Right. What was right. illegal, in my opinion, was done by the police officer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, there's a, a hell of a good case to be made for trespassing, you know? There ain't no reason sure. to be on his on his property. Sure. Uh, yeah, they had no reason to be there at all. Uh, no lawful reason, according to their policies, according to the policies yes. that we've been told about. The yeah. policy states that they shouldn't have been there at all. So they never should have been there yeah. working cooperatively with that tow truck company nope. that way. No, nope. I mean if they if there was a, a call about a man with a gun, uh, then you know they should have gone to his house, knocked on the door, and and asked, you know, what the hell's going on, man? But again, I would argue. How is it illegal in the state of Alabama with the laws that we have today? How is yeah. it illegal to be a man with a gun? It's not. It's not. It's what a what fact, justification yeah. do police have to come to somebody's private property? Yeah, and they have a weapon. What what, well, what justification do they have? I, I would say I'll I'll say this: if if there was a report that came in that somebody got you know say threatened somebody with a gun, I, yeah, I think I'm it would have been I'm saying without violence. But but there was no. Right. There was no, there was no report about violence or or domestic dispute or anything yeah. like that. Just a man with a gun on his own property. So yeah. what? In yeah. the state well, of Alabama, so what? But according, you know, according, initially the story is, and I, I don't know where these these things stand because nobody will submit. This is another. So there's so much bullshit in this. Okay, the, the the mayor saying that he can't release the names, or but he would if they they contested their firing uh, and all the cops firing after the personnel hearings and stuff. Uh, the fact that he's not going to, uh, an exception within the open records laws allows him uh, to not disclose the findings of their internal investigation. Such bullshit. Disclose the the tell people what protocols they broke. Yeah. Why they broke them? What the story was? The people here deserve to uh, have some understanding of what those cops say the story was that night. All right. I don't care who it embarrasses. I don't care who ordered them to go over there and do it. I don't care what the relationship was. But the people in Decatur who pay those salaries deserve to have an understanding of what took place that night. Yeah. All right. Why they were there? What has it happened before? Do they do it on, on on a regular occasion, or was this just a friend who they were helping out? Why were those cops at that guy's house hiding behind the corner of it? Right. Did they have a beef with Steve Perkins? Is this something we need to worry about? Are there vigilante cops on the Decatur Police Force? What? Those are things that the public deserve to know. Absolutely. All right? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I got wound up. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, okay to be I, angry. It's okay to it, be it's, angry. It's just, it just, man, it just, it, it pisses me off yeah. to no end to know that if this thing was reversed at, on there and, and we had, we, let's just say all of it was accurate. Steve Perkins come out with a gun, threatened up uh, the tow truck driver, beat him up with a pistol, whipped him in the front yard. By God, we would know every detail of what happened. Mm. We would have every detail by now in the police reports and things of what took place that night, and and that would be the story. But because we have people on the public payroll who we entrust to protect and serve every day, and I understand they got a tough job, and I'm not diminishing the job, but when you violate the policies and things, people who pay those salaries, who've entrusted you to imprison people and take away their rights and allow you to carry weapons and guns and, and do certain things, take certain actions against people, if you're doing the wrong thing, then the people who pay for you to do it ought to have the knowledge of why you're doing it and what the hell the story is and what's going on there. That's and they it. deserve to know why, what, how that police department is being run. And if you can't do that, then you need to get the hell on somewhere. Okay. That's Just it. go somewhere else. That's it. That's it. Um, all right. That's my rant for the week. All so, right. 
Get it out. All right, let's get uh, let's get out of here. We'll get uh, Representative Hassel in here and uh, and and maybe calm down a little bit. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> we won't. We'll see. We'll be back in a minute. Alabama politics this week. Welcome back, Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, David Person. And we are happy now to be joined by Representative Kenyatta Hassel, um, who is relatively new to this whole uh, this house thing uh, down there. Always been around for a while. I've been in, in Montgomery uh, for a long time representing the folks down there. And um, But is still, uh, from what I understand from talking to folks, everybody kind of likes Representative Hassel. So uh, it's uh, it's always nice to have somebody on who who is who is well liked within the community, who does a good job. And uh, and that, I think that that uh, describes Representative Hassel very well. Uh, welcome in. Thanks for joining us for a few minutes. Well, I thank you guys for having me here. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, we were just talking about um, this. There's a lawsuit now that talks about the um, uh, basically, uh, you know, what I called it was modern day slavery of Alabama prisons uh, that, that's taking place in Alabama prisons where, you know, they're they're taking folks and they're denying them parole when they should be on parole. And they're sending and we all know this is happening. Well, I, I've written about this for years now. I've written about it for years and, t- and called attention to this. And it's, now there's a finally a lawsuit about it. Um, and and they're, t- they're taking them and, and sending them to businesses to make money for the state. And you know, in the meantime, denying people who should be paroled. Out and going back out into the real world and making a, a living for themselves and and for their you know building families and 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 coming up you know corrections is what we we call it and so that would be the corrective actions that we're seeking uh, instead of doing that they're they're just sending them out for to make pennies on the dollar for themselves while the state makes a boatload of cash and but in general it's all part of a larger prison issue that we have in this state what when you're there in the legislature what I, I know y'all have dealt with this a bunch. What What are your general thoughts about our prison situation, about this, you know, the the lawsuit, about the whole thing? Well, what I learned, I feel like our correction was never a high priority for the state. I think we got into the condition, our prison got in bad condition, uh, bad, you know, real bad condition when through years of neglect. And, you know, I remember the protests that the inmates had about the conditions. I remember MSNBC did a report about um, something need to be done about Alabama prisons. And I think that we even had the the government to step in and say, we need to do something. So, mm-hmm. and I think that, you know, our um, the governor took advantage of the federal funds to build a prison, mm-hmm. to build a prison that we got. Um, because, you know, I think we made a mistake and said, we got to use it on infrastructure, you know, prisons and infrastructure. And that, by specifically what to, what infrastructure we should use the money for. So um, I know the conditions are bad. I know the inmates, and I, you know, I um, I go into the county jail. You know, I'm in the barbering business, and I meet with inmates, and I cut their hair, you know, every week in business. And I get a chance to talk to them, and I talk to some guys in corrections. And um, I remember I was very intentionally, you know, talking to one of the inmates about, I think he's been in, locked up about 25 to almost 30 years now. Um, he did a crime back in, in Mobile, um, 
you know, listen to his story, his narrative is that he was defending his mother mm. and uh, end up, you know, you know, killing a guy defending his mother, but he got, you know, he went to prison. And he talked about, you know, when he first got in, how, you know, like he was one of those inmates that, look, man, I was one of the protesters. I was one of the guys that said, we need something different to happen to our prisons. You know, now he don't agree to how what's going on now with the big mega prisons, you know, and stuff that's going on. But he knew that the conditions had something had to be done. So I understand why the state, I understand even if you talk to inmates, they'll tell you, yeah, we need something better than this, right? And um, and then my my concern too is is that our whole the whole system need to be revamped. I mean, we need to we need to look back at uh, and this. I mean, go back to say this: that inmate uh, was up for parole every time. I mean, he was up for parole, never had a write up. Mm. Uh, did his twenty five years, and he was so close to getting out. But of course, the parole board didn't let him out, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has some opposition from the family. And, you know, um, you, but you gotta understand that, you know, I have to be careful because they inmates, you know, they try to, you don't want to manipulate a situation or try to manipulate me. And I'm, because I go back and I, you know, try my best to look at the facts of whatever happened in the case and understand what's going on. If, you know, you advocate for why this person's still in there, you know. Right. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah. So, um, and just going back to that, you know, he he's I think he got another, I think he got to, I think he got to spend another 20 years in there. Uh he got denied. Uh, and then they then they brought up some some charges he had. I think that um some I don't know, he had a phone or something. You know, I yeah. don't know. It was, yeah. Yeah, well, that's really rare. Everybody in there has got a phone. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's you know, honestly, man, it, it just, it, it's kind of, uh, it's depressing, honestly, if you, if you, if you deal with, with inmates. That's right. It's the sentencing. It's, uh, you got to deal with the parole. It's the condition. And the whole, and the whole system need to be revamped. Um, you know, we, you got, we need more correctional officers. Um, it's a lot of stuff that need to be revamped in that, in that prison system. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. You know, we, one of the things we wanted to to, to talk to you about uh, as well is uh, is what's kind of coming up in the in the legislative session uh, in in twenty twenty four. I know we're a few months away still, but um, at, you know, I know Democrats have some plans for for certain things, and uh, you know how how big of an issue will will the prisons uh, be, and then what else is on the agenda? Well, uh, the the prison issue will be important. The prison that's been built and what kind of programs we're going to provide inside those prisons. I think that as a party and as our colleagues, we're going to look into that. Um, expanding Medicaid is going to be is one of the biggest things that I think one of our what our colleagues or we're going to look at because you know we got hospitals who are still suffering and we expand Medicaid that is going to help those hospitals. And, you know, it's the nursing homes that that have, that need a lot of help. Um, and that's you know I'm gonna be completely honest with Josh. That's these are two of the things that I've been kind of focusing on with voting. Um, I've been trying to pay attention to and, you know, talk to our leadership about let's pay attention to, you know, the Medicaid, what, you know, uh, what kind of programs we're going to provide, you know, try to push into side the prisons and, uh, and voting. Sure. Representative Hassel, um, I want to go back to the, um, to the, uh, the story, the lawsuit. Um, as it relates to the prisons. And, and the reason I want to do that is that 
um, just understanding history and understanding that that um, that southern states in particular have a horrible, horrible record uh, as it relates to um, extending uh, uh, slavery uh, by use of what was called convict leasing. Um, It really disturbs me to learn that in our modern prison system today, it, it appears as though, based on the lawsuit, it appears as though We've got prisoners, we've got inmates who are being forced to work for private companies, A. And then not only are they being forced to work for private companies, but if they, um, but, but they are having, it appears as though, again, based on the lawsuit, that they are being, um, having their paroles rejected so that they can continue to be forced to work for private companies. Now, those two things together to me sound an awful lot like the convict leasing that was going on in the turn of the 20th century that was designed to basically be, uh, some would argue, slavery by another name. And I would argue that too. Um, I think it's unconscionable that we have this situation going on. And so what I want to know from you as a legislator and as a black man, uh, because, again, I think black, black men are being disproportionately impacted by this practice uh, by virtue of the fact that we are disproportionately represented in the prison system here. Uh, what, what can be done and what should be done? What, what should you be doing as a legislator to try to combat this? All right, so you know one of the things that I, I I found out or I realized coming in this office that it's not a lot of accountability dealing with our correction, and I believe that we need to form some form of commission, but give that commission some teeth, actually give it some power. Like I, I would love to have legislative legislative hearings, public on these on these issues that we have in our correction and any other state department that we have to have these this same conversation that we had because. We hear a lot of stuff, right? We hear, I talk to inmates, uh, parents who say, you know, I remember reading an article just the other day about the kid that got hit with a pipe, right? And got beat with a pipe in prison. And that mother needed to be heard in front of the legislators. And, you know, I would love to hear, get all the leadership in the correction department, have legislative hearings, uh, form a committee, form commission, give them some, give them some tea, give them some power to hold these officers or commissioners accountable to what's going inside our prisons and to question the methods that are being used to, you know, for these, these, these workforce that they pretty much create in, the, in our, in our correction. Um, and I, I've been, you know, having conversations about that, you know, why we're not having more legislative hearings about this to have conversations with the public, the whole leadership accountable to what's going inside our prisons. I think that's the beginning. I think that we can find results. I think that if we do form a commission to watch uh, our correction and, and even, you know, even some unfairness in other state departments that we have in the state, you know, just to hold some leadership accountable, I think that that's a, that will be a beginning for, you know, for some for some help. Why it may okay. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No. Okay. 
Well, I'm going to say to you, uh, and I don't normally do this, but but now that I'm 60 years old, I'm starting to take a lot of, I'm starting to take a lot of of, uh, privileges. Uh, he's an angry old man, is what he's saying. They're saying that's he's right. an angry old man yelling at clouds. That's that's it, basically. <laughs> I'm, I'm becoming an angry old man. Josh is exactly right. So rather than ask you a follow-up question, I'm going to make a statement to you. You're obviously, uh, I'm probably twice your age at least. You're a young, you're a young man. You're a smart young man. I can tell that. Um, I'm glad you're in the legislature with the vision and the conscience that you have. Let's not just talk about it, brother. Get it done. Do it. Establish the damn commission. Do it. Figure out how to get it done. That's that's that. I'm working on that. Thank All you, right. Yeah, I think I, I feel like at this point, this is one of the rare issues out there where there is some some bipartisanship uh, that can be reached uh, in this. Because I feel like there are a handful of Republicans, not not a majority, don't get me wrong, not a majority, uh, I, you know, because the majority is insane. But, uh, the you know, the there are a, a handful of Republicans out there, especially those who have worked in corrections, oddly enough. It's always the people who, on the Republican side, you're, the, the ones that you can count on for bipartisan support are the ones who have experienced whatever issue it is you're talking about. Um, and, and so I feel like there are a handful of guys out there that would be willing to go along with this. Now, I, I don't know if it's enough to get it over the hump, but I, you know, in talking to some of these, uh, some of these guys, I, I, I feel like there, there is some support there, isn't there? Well, you know what, Josh, even if there's not support for it, if they don't mm-hmm. want to do it, then raise hell, raise hell, create commotion, yeah. you know, keep pounding this issue in front of the people of out Al- keep pounding it in the media in front of the people of Alabama because it is unconscionable if what the if, if a court what this lawsuit is suggesting is that we basically got a convict leasing system going mm-hmm. on right now in the state of Alabama and that's unconscionable there should there should be no no one I don't care what your political stripe is or what your your partisan connection is Absolutely no one should be in support of that. No one. No. No. So I, I know I, I'm yelling at the choir. I'm sorry about that. That's <laughs> all right. That's all right. That's, I mean, but let me ask you two uh, two things on, on that. Uh, is do you feel like what I said is true that there there are some Republicans out there who would support a commission of, of some sort of oversight? And two. Do you need them? I mean, I, I know that there's there's currently a, a Democratic Party gambling commission that went out and, and studied the gambling issue. It, it, could you do the same thing with uh, with the prison issue and just just make it Democrats and you go out and you compile your own report and make that thing public? Yeah, that's yes. I I, I, I like. I think that uh, we can do that, and that'll be alternative. But I do believe we do have some Republicans out there that would support the commission. Um. You know, because you have, and I'm just going to be honest with you, if I can be frank, you have, let's use white male in the, in the prisons are, a lot of stuff is going on. You know, it, on, I mean, if you want to protect the citizens of the state of Alabama, inmates outside, um, you know, you if you want to just protect people and you humane, I think that you have on both sides, you really want to support this because you, you want to, 
even though these they are criminals, they are inmates, because I get that all the time. Don't forget, Kenyatta, they are inmates. I said, but they're still humans. And mm-hmm. I think that you got any type of, uh, you know, remorse or any type of, you know, just being sensitive to this being a human being that you will be able to uh, support this just to protect people. This The stuff that's happening to people inside those prisons, is it shouldn't be happening, even regardless. So, and I think everybody believes, a lot of people believe that. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, and I'll tell you this too, um, this kind of all gets into the other thing that we were going to talk to you about, and, and that's voting rights. Um, and not just voting rights, but people exercising those voting rights and and using those voting rights to change some things. And you know, I know that there's a there's a there's always a push uh, from from the right uh, to to limit the number of people who can vote. Um, you know, what is there any sort of pushback uh, coming from from Democrats in the in the upcoming session? Yes, actually, um, I legislated two bills. Um, last year to kind of expand absentee voting, right? I, so one of the bills that I wanted to do, I wanted to cure the ballot. If you did an absentee ballot and your, your ballot didn't count, that the clerk office um, should notify you and tell you why your, your absentee voting didn't count because you made a mistake in your absentee. So, um, the, you know, the clerks had an issue with it, like who, it, it costs, you know, costs more money, it would be, you need more personnel to help that process to go by. And I think that's one of the reasons why my bill didn't make the committee. The second bill I did was to take the af- to take the courses on the affidavit. It's the same course on the application. Mm-hmm. You, if you didn't, if you made a mistake on the application, you don't get an absentee, you don't get the ballot, period. But they repeated the two the courses on the affidavit. So we asked the question. Even I, even the clerk was saying, you know, it'll make it more efficient. Not about making it easier, just more efficient with the clerk's office. Get these ballots done. Once that person get the ballot, you can use that application as the affidavit instead of just repeating the question. Because sometimes you have people who get confused with all the information on one sheet and might have checked something they shouldn't have checked, or did I do this on my application? And their ballot might not count. So, uh, and I was working with the women legal voters to get that legislation done. We got it to committee. We almost got it out. I mean, I had some bipartisan support on that legislation because it was all about making it efficient to do that. But, uh, yes, uh, our secretary of state, you know, rep, I mean, state was representative Allen. Uh, he, he, some of his legislation that's going on, even with the, the, uh, restriction on absentee with his, I can't remember the number, the number of the bill now, but, uh, I know that that bill has been pre-filed. Uh, again, help on your absentee that you want to make a criminal offense, mm-hmm. and which doesn't make sense to me at all. Um, there's a lot of things that you know, uh, me and Rep- well, Secretary of State uh, West Allen. You know, uh, when I first got, he was he was a representative, but right, sure. Um, you know, we we debated on a lot of issues because I'm on the Constitution Campaign Election Committee, and and I realized quick where he stood on any type of expanding any type of voting rights. And because uh, I asked him a question about why did this bill happen? Why you why did you create this legislation? And and I asked I actually asked him to give me the cases around the state where this was happening. Mm-hmm. Mason yet. 
Oh no! <laughs> well, it's not happening. It's not happening. I mean, it's 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 a it's a fairy tale that they use, uh, you know. And, and well, it could happen though. It could. Well, it hadn't happened in you know however many hundreds of years. But yeah, you know, it could. I guess. Um, you know, it just um, it's 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 always uh, it's always depressing to talk to them and, um, and and know that these are the people that have power to do stuff. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I, I have a list of stuff: automatic voting registration, online voting registration. I mean, I want same day voting registration. Listen, I'm I'm gonna say this to you, Josh. Uh, I'm so I I want to make it so efficient. I'm talking about. Listen, we move hundreds to thousands of dollars on our cell phones, and we we don't have no legislation to stop from banks from transferring money to each other, uh, do anything to stop that to make it more secure. So tell me why we cannot take a vote on a cell phone and we move and we trust these cell phones and this technology to move our hard working money, hard earning money to on cell phones to each other where we cannot transport one vote to to any type of you know database mm-hmm. to be created. It's just it's just mind-boggling me. And and I'm I'm just and that's it, oh that count, that's extreme. I said it may be, but I believe we get more participation, it's more convenient. And uh and I'm also, I don't know if you ever heard of Young Life, but I work with Young Life. I've been working with Young Life since 2004. And uh, and we do a lot of leadership. And my mindset is, how can I make this easier for people to support? How can I make it more efficient to uh, for a voter or for anybody? And I learned a lot of that leadership through the organization I work for. But, you know, let's, let's if you want to be successful, you need everything you need to be successful. Mm-hmm. Voting rights to be successful. We want people to vote. We need to make it easier and better and efficient and secure for people to do it. And we can do that. Well, you know, know, what you're going to have to do, Representative Hassel, is you're going to have to suggest privatization. That's that's how you reel the Republicans in or something like that. You start talking about the possibility for it to be monetized by private companies, and then all of a sudden they're going to perk up and be interested. Yeah, especially if they own one of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 or work as a consultant for one. Although yeah, exactly. that does t- tend to land them in prison sometimes. Uh, so <laughs> you know, listen, we appreciate you you coming in and and spending some time and and talking about it, and and you know we appreciate the work that you're doing down there, and and I hope that you keep it up and uh, and you know and make some difference. And and if you Get don't, that commission done, man. Get well, that commission we're gonna, done. If, if you don't, we're gonna ha- I'm gonna have David call and yell at you some more. Okay, so that's. <laughs> Accountability, man. I don't mind. <laughs> All right. Come Thank here, you, you young whippersnapper. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, Representative Hassel. I really, really appreciate him. Yeah, really do appreciate you, brother. Thank, Thank you for you. joining us today. Yeah. Yeah, it's all right. We're going to slide out of here. We'll come back and wrap this thing up in just a minute. It's Alabama Politics this week. Back in a minute. If you're hearing my voice, that means you are a fan of Alabama politics this week. And I want to tell you how grateful I am that you listen and that you're engaged with what Josh and I talk about every week. So I want to ask you to continue listening and uh, continue to support us and definitely reach out with ideas, comments, suggestions. Uh, Your support makes a difference and it means a lot. 
Welcome back. Alabama politics this week. Josh Moon, David Person. Uh, appreciate Representative Hassel coming on, spending some time with us. Uh, appreciate the folks at uh, Wind Creek Entertainment for uh, sponsoring this bad boy. And, um, you know, wrap, just kind of wrapping up here, and, and we're going to jump right into the uh, to the right-wing nut because I think this is going to be the, the a longer discussion than just your typical right-wing nut thing. Uh, the right-wing nut is Kim Paxson, the AG of uh, Texas, and it's for his actions over the last, well, I mean, First of all, he's a right-wing nut for life uh, with all of his corruption. And, uh, you know, he's he's been accused of multiple crimes. His, uh, the Republicans in Texas actually uh, were, were trying to, to get him indicted at one point and, and impeached. Um, but, you know, what he did in relation to uh, the abortion issue recently um, was probably the most surreal and awful and you know I, I don't know i don't know the best way to to kind of just to accurately describe how that must have felt uh for for the young lady in in texas the mother yeah kate uh, cox yeah. yeah kate cox um and uh, you know, it just to have this, this is the sort of thing I mean, you know, I guess for me, it, it kind of hit home a little more, uh, you know, my, uh, you know, we, I have a, a, a five-year-old at home. So, you know, going through the, uh, the pregnancy thing with, with my wife, I mean, obviously I didn't go through pregnancy, but my wife did, but, you know, being there with her and, and going through that and, uh, you know, my, my brother and his wife are currently, uh, you know, expecting a child, um, you know, and, and it's just what bothers me more than anything else is this callous view from afar of, well, these people are just wanting to have an abortion, you know, these, and, and not recognizing the absolute devastation of wanting to have a child and then discovering, you know, being so excited and telling people and, you know, and going, going through this, this process and, and then having it going to a, to a doctor's visit and discovering that there's something fatally wrong. And, and, you know, and now, I mean, it, it, it's a devastating thing. It's a devastating thing for, for so many women who, uh, you know, it's, there are a ton of, of folks out there who, who want to have a baby and who can't, uh, and, and who go through, you know, or, or not, not can't, but, but struggle, struggle to do this, you know, and they take all these steps, they pay all this money, they do all these different things to go through this and they try and try and try and they are crushed. Every time, you know, they take one of the pregnancy tests and it comes back negative, uh, you know, and it just and, and finally, you know, you get into the, you know, these things and um, and, and it, a lot of the complications that we see in pregnancies that, that end up being fatal or end up resulting in abortions uh, in a lot of a lot of cases are from folks who desperately want this and who have tried over and over again. And because of the complications that are there that have prevented it, it also makes their pregnancies riskier uh, and makes them less viable to, to the end, to, to be carried out. And so, you know, and, and I don't know Kate Cox's very specific situation. I mean, I know obviously what's happened in the public eye, uh, but, wow. you know, but I don't understand I don't understand this view of people 
of, of a guy like Ken Paxton who jumps oh. on this issue like this and does this. I don't, I don't, I don't, the, the callousness of this to come between this lady and, and her doctors and what, what's taking place. It, it's just, it's, it's an awful, it's an awful, well, awful thing. Well, it is, it is awful. And, it, and I would even characterize it in a very specific way. It's a sanctimonious hypocrisy. These people who take this point of view that the government should have the right to insert itself between a mother and her doctor to tell her what she should do with her body. This is the, this is the epitome of hypocrisy because many of these people are the same ones who would argue that they don't want the government in their business. Yeah. I mean, this is freaking Texas. Yeah. You know, where they have built a whole political culture around not wanting the federal government involved in their business. And yet, and yet this guy, um, um, uh, Paxson, mm-hmm. and his governor, Abbott, are the very ones who are putting the government, inserting the government into people's business, trying to use government as a way to tell people what they can and cannot do. It's hypocritical, and there's a sanct- and there's a sanctimoniousness to it in, in my in my point of view because they're trying to do it from from a standpoint of some moral high ground. No, mm-hmm. this is not a moral high ground that they are that they are uh, maintaining. This is hip- a hypocritical, I think, a hypocritical position with loaded with a false kind of piety, uh, and it's 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 offensive and it's disgusting. And I think it's immoral. I think it's unconstitutional. And I hope and pray that there's some way that this thing can be, um, you know, the actions of Texas can be uh, overturned or reversed. Here is a woman, Kate Cox, who said that her fetus, or was told by her doctor, that her fetus had a fatal diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So... The fetal the, the fetus has a fatal diagnosis, which then automatically means that she's at risk as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and it told her even if she wasn't at risk, she was at risk at being unable to conceive again. Yeah, um, this carried this carried yeah. out. Yeah, uh, but 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 spe- but but specifically, she was told they had that she had a life threatening condition. Yeah, because of this. Yeah. So you know what? How in the world does an attorney general or a governor think that their knowledge or their opinion should supersede that of this mother and this doctor. Well, it's just the height of hypocrisy and it's, it's, it's ugly. It's offensive. It makes me angry. Oh, it makes me, what I don't understand is let's say, let's say we went out this afternoon. Okay. And we gathered, uh, we went to Bridge Street in here, here in Huntsville, large shopping complex here in, in Huntsville. And we, we gathered up a hundred people, mixed evenly, white, black, male, female, uh, you know, or, or Hispanic, you know, just a, a solid mix of people. How many, or you know what the hell, the hell that's not even a hundred people, all white people. Okay, all white people and all uh, all people that say they lean conservative. 
okay, at least lean conservative, more likely to vote for a conservative candidate. How many of those people do you think would take would 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 read just the the bare facts, no opinion, no anything, the bare facts of this case, and would agree with what Paxton did? I I, I bet you there's not. I bet there wouldn't be ten that that would agree. They would agree. I bet you there wouldn't be ten. So who the hell is he performing for? Who who is behind this? Who what woman is behind it, it would be supportive of this? You know, I I gotta say, I'm not I'm not exactly sure. Um I I don't know, Josh. I'm not exactly sure that I agree with that. I think that there are... You think there would be more than that? I mean, I just... I've never met... I I don't know that I've ever had a conversation with a single soul who would say to me that they were okay with forcing a woman to have a baby that puts her at risk, that puts her at risk at being unable to conceive later when the doctor has told them that this fetus cannot survive. Yeah, I now I will concede. Well, I've never had that conversation, which is why I can say I don't know either for yeah, sure I mean, I, what what yeah. would be said. But but I can tell you that 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 the way they're doing things, not just in Texas, but you know this sort of right wing, you know, uh, uh, a movement across the country, suggests to me that there are a lot more people, including women. Who, for whatever reason, don't seem to, um, they don't seem to get it, and I th- and I think a lot of these people are are, are really people in churches, you know. Uh, I, you know, you you pull the average person off the street who may not be a church going person, and I'd say, yeah, that's probably true. But I think if you talk to a lot of these church going people that there's a probably a much higher percentage of them. And I'm a church going person. I'm not in that group. You know, I'm in the other group. I'm in the group that's saying, you know, what you and I are saying today, but I think there are a lot of church going people who would say, no, you know, just, you know, uh, no abortion period or no abortion, you know, unless, um, you know, certain, you know, it, it's absolutely 100% you know, true that their life is in danger and, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know how they would, I mean, I would like to think that in this particular case, they would like, they would see what we're saying, but I just, I'm not convinced that there's enough people out there who do. I really don't. I, I, I wouldn't, you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't even really talking about us, us convincing them. I was just saying what their beliefs are currently. I, and I've had, I've had a lot of conversations with people about abortion issues. Okay. Over the, over the course of the years. Uh, and, and a lot of that stemmed from the time of doing a radio show. Uh, I did a radio show for a brief stint on a conservative radio station. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, which it lasted two weeks. Uh, it was by far the most popular show on this on there, but you know, they, they got some threats from the GOP to pull advertising thing. That's whatever. Uh, okay. and, and the people who run the station were a bunch of pussies. So we, we got, that's fine. So, no big deal. Uh, so, um, you know, whatever, whatever you didn't want. Listen, we could have made a lot of money, but they didn't want to, they didn't yeah. like money. So we're fine. Don't worry about it. Uh-huh. Um, but and over the course of that, 
and having conversations with with people about these things, I understand there are people out there who have the no abortion ever uh, sort of every every life is precious. We you know we don't we have no exceptions for rape, no exceptions for life of the mother sort of thing or anything like that. You know, I, I, although I don't really understand how life is precious and you're okay with the mom dying, but you know yeah. whatever. You know, yeah, it's, you know, exactly. it's yeah. your conundrum, I guess, or not, uh, because I always kind of assumed that the rest of us were going to be sane enough not to ever let these wackadoos be in charge of making policies like this. But apparently we are now. Um, mm. So, uh, but, but what I have never heard from someone, I have never, ever, ever heard from somebody in this conversation ever say, if there is a fetus that has been that has a uh, that's certainly going to die that there, it has a fatal condition and also it is putting the mother at risk that they're they are against the abortion mm. i've never heard anybody make that argument ever so and so i, I mean this is it, you know what it does i mean to me what it does is it says um the the your worst fears of these crazy people mm-hmm. are legit. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it really, th- this is this is so far off the far side of the right. Yeah. That and and that they went along with this, and that the Texas Supreme Court, you know, kind of sort of backed this crazy person up with you know with this AG. Uh, that man, I mean. What the all the other things are true. All of the other things. The the trying to arrest you for going out of state, you know that's true. The trying yeah. to arrest you for doing this is true. The arresting of doctors is true. All of the rest of it that falls below this crazy ass line is true. If they're well, gonna do this crazy level shit right here, you yeah. know that this is true. That well, well think about think about this. You know, one of one of our own Supreme Court justices even suggested that that, uh, you know, next on the list, as far as he was concerned, and I'm talking about Clarence Thomas, was uh, trying to uh, trying to uh, uh, make uh, um, a contraception, trying to make contraception yeah. illegal. So you think about that. This is I the mean, line of thought that we're dealing with. We're dealing with people here that are uh, at the extreme. I'm not talking about people that have uh, a more reasonable uh, well, uh, you know, I guess that's a relative thing, but I'll just say people who are not as extreme on this. I'm not talking about those people. I'm not talking about people that are uh, saying uh, that that understand the logic of of exempting, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, women whose lives are in danger or who've been raped or are subject to incest. Uh, you know, people that are a little bit more closer to, uh, you know, what I would consider you know, they have a, a, a reasonable disagreement with us. But but these people that are on the extreme and people that are even further than the extreme, you know, mm-hmm. to the extreme like Clarence Thomas, this is what we're dealing with. And 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 I unfortunately I think this is where it's trending. It's trending in that direction, uh, for people who are on that side of the argument. Uh so, you know, this is all the more reason why those of us who are on this side of the argument, we've got to press, we've got to mobilize, we've got to, you know, we, you know, if we just, if we're passive about this thing, um, then this is the, this is the sentiment that's going to prevail 
not just in terms of, of, of social media and, and talk shows and whatever else, but it's eventually going to become public policy and law. We've got to fight this thing. Yeah, we do. And, and it's, it's just, you know, we got an email, um, we got an email from, uh, from Josiah, uh, about something I said last week and, uh, and Josiah, you look, look, man, I, I, I read the email, but I can't read that whole thing on, <laughs> on the show. Oh, right? but, uh, yeah, but I, I, you know, the point, the point I was making last week and, and about most people coming together is the same point I'm going to make right now. Um, and, uh, I, I, I feel like that a large portion um uh, a large portion of the public out there um would agree on i i feel like all, almost all of us almost all of us agree on on where on certain facts in this okay on certain facts in the abortion debate all right now there are yes there are crazies out there that uh that think that it's you know like ken paxton um you know and and i think that that causes a problem uh for a lot of people because we keep putting these people in these positions mostly because of the gerrymandering issue uh and the way that that has has played out but you know it i i just feel like with something like this, if you said this to a room full of people, ninety percent of them would be like, "Dude, that's not right. That's not right." This, in this Alabama right. and in Texas, I just don't think that's the case, Josh. I hate. You don't think so? I mean, for for no. I mean these these circumstances here. Nope, I don't think so. Not not. I, I just don't think so. Right. And I, and, and I have think you heard an argument? Have you heard it? Because I, I haven't. Have you heard an argument for this? No, I have. I mean, other than from, you know, po- politicians and some talking heads, maybe. But uh, I haven't heard. I haven't even heard that. Who Who is who is argue? I mean, what what is the argument? What What's can you can you because I, I, I don't I generally don't. Can you sum up what the argument is for their position in this? I I can't because I think in part because. um um <laughs> It's it's so it's so patently against everything I stand for and believe yeah. uh, that I don't I don't know that I've even I've even given it a fair a, a fair uh, <laughs> I don't think I've taken a fair opportunity to really try to listen to yeah. the whole argument. But but when but when you but when you look even at what uh, Paxson is saying in this particular case. I mean, it just seems to be, uh, it, it almost seems as though the argument is he just doesn't believe, you know, what, what is being said by the, by the mother and the doctor. That's what it seems like to me. Like, it's just sort of a, a disbelief and a disregard. And I think that's part of the problem. I mean. But, you know, you know how, it wasn't how, just, how it wasn't just gonna... the doctor and her. It was also a court, a judge. Well, but I'm saying, but it starts with, I think, his very, if you, if you, at least based on, I haven't looked at the legal filings, but if you look at the reporting, yeah. it's clear that what he's disputing fundamentally is the, the, the factual, uh, the factual assertion that there's something wrong with her and her fetus and that her life is in jeopardy because of this. You know, he yeah. just seems to dispute that and discount that just right out hand. 
And I'm and 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 that to me is a major part of the problem. If you're not going to take this mother's word and this doctor's word simply because it doesn't comport with your ideology or your your political point of view, you know, if that's the reason you're going to discount it, then uh, you know we've got we've got even bigger problems because now we're talking about somebody who's not even trying to make a lot, uh, you know, create some kind of an argument that's that's based on law, even if it's far-fetched, Josh. This is a guy who's basically just saying, I don't accept the facts. I don't know, you know, I'm just disregarding yeah. completely, you know, without any proof, without any justification, I'm just going to disregard what you're saying because it doesn't comport with my reality. That's that's even a bigger problem, I think. And so again, I'm saying to you, I this is you got you got somebody like this who's been elected to office, and this is the way he's approaching political issues and policy issues. Um, and yet he's he's I mean, do we have any sense that his 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 position as Attorney General is in jeopardy? Because I don't. I don't yeah. get the sense that that Abbott is in jeopardy either, and he's in lockstep with this guy. It seems to me like you, you got a whole state of people, or at least a majority in the state of Texas, who are who are right along with well, these guys, Josh. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, so here, here's this is my this has always been my um, my question to people. Uh-huh. It's been what's what's the tipping point on, on things such as this? You know, because let's let's take Alabama's uh, abortion law. We know uh, from polling, from reactions to people, that Alabama's abortion law here, which does not provide exceptions for rape or incest, is very, very unpopular. It's very unpopular among women in suburbs. It's uh, even even among men in suburbs. It's very unpopular. Um, and yet, there doesn't really seem to be outside of a few things here or there. There have been some. There have been some things, especially in the Huntsville area, where I believe that it was. It caused some concern for a lot of people, caused some closer races, I think will ultimately end up costing some seats uh, mm-hmm. in the future. Um, but there's not a whole lot of threat to the Republican supermajority uh, here. Uh, you don't see a big push to move to the left. You don't see uh, you know, a big movement to the left. And so... You all, you. I wonder all the time: is it the lack of political engagement from a lot of people, or is it just simply, hey, this is you know what all my friends on Facebook are doing, uh, and so I'm going to do it too, uh, sort of thing? Is it, uh, you know, the being being conservative is the way you're supposed to be in Alabama, and so that's how we're going to vote? Is it the straight ticket voting? Uh, is it, you know, I, is it just straight up apathy because we we get you know some of the lowest voter turnout in the country in this in this state? I, because we know that there are things that affect daily life that are very very unpopular here. We know that there have been a mountain of problems. You know, allegedly the Republicans swept into office in 2010 because of corruption and cleaning up corruption and things. And it's been just one thing after the other uh, on a corruption scale out of Republicans since that time. I mean, their 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 chief guy, the architect of this thing, Mike Hubbard, went down on a corruption scandal. You know, spent a lot of years in prison. Uh, So, you know, what where is the where's the tipping point for people? I mean, you know. 
I I think that what we're dealing with is is um, is very similar, if not exactly the same, as what has gotten us um, in North Alabama. Mo, what used to get us Mo Brooks elected, reelected time after time, mm-hmm. and what has gotten us um, uh, what uh, has has helped Donald Trump to maintain. Uh, you know, some of his popularity uh, with that core group. I think there's a group of people who basically just say, um, you know, um, yeah, I don't like Mo Brooks because I used to hear that a lot, you know, with with Republicans uh, that they didn't really care for Mo Brooks. But they were voting for Mo because I think overall they felt like the trade-off was 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 worth it you know so yeah i may not like you know that he does a b c or d or doesn't do a b c or d but because he's conservative and because he says the right things about certain things they're willing to make the trade-off i think the same thing is true with trump a lot of people have found him you know uh, a lot of evangelicals from what i've heard have found him to be really distasteful and obnoxious and mm-hmm. and and a lot of other things. Oh but, no, he's like he's he's been placed here by Jesus Christ himself. Are you kidding? Well, depends on who you talk to. Depends on who you talk to. There yeah. are some who have put him in the Jesus Christ category, it appears. But uh but 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 there seems there seem to be others who have found him to be uh really distasteful. But they voted for him nonetheless yeah. because the, of the trade-off. He was delivering in certain areas. And yeah. so I think that's probably what we're dealing with on this issue. They're just people who they just feel like, okay, this doesn't affect me and my family. Um, and, yeah, I don't like it, but it doesn't affect me and my family. And, you know, Abbott and Paxton are delivering in terms of the overall culture war battles, therefore, I'm just going to continue to support them. I think that's what it is. You may be right, and maybe maybe I'm wrong. I I just you know, and I, I, certainly I know that that we're we're both right in the fact that this is not costing anybody anything. Uh, but I mean, it's it's I, I don't know. I think it's so far off off the. Whew, my God, it's off the right. Um, but anyways, that's our Kip Paxton and those guys that uh, that are supportive of this. Those are our right wing nuts, and uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, we're going we're going to wrap this baby up. We're going to slide out of here. We'll be back. Uh, we got one more show for the year. Yeah, one yep. more. Yeah, one more. We're gonna we're gonna try to make it a good one, or it'll right. be average. You know, you don't know until you show up and listen. Okay, and so that time is too late. You can't go back. Uh, all right, we're out of here. Till next week, y'all be safe out there. <laughs>